This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty. <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm and Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger job, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Welcome to the Jenks and the Hammer podcast. <laughs> Bringing you the latest NFL news and insights from the perspectives of two diehard fans. Join your hosts, Grayson Jenkins and John Hammerly, as they dive deep into the world of football. Along with a special focus on the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some football talk with Jenks and the Hammer. And here we go, here we go! What's up guys, welcome back to the Jenks and the Hammer podcast. Um, we got a quick episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about some NFL news, talking a little Saints-Packers, and giving you guys our top eight running backs in the upcoming draft. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, first segment of the day. Like usual, we're just going to go right into some NFL news. Uh, we just talked on Tuesday, so there's not really too much to go over. A um, little bit of news, and then we're going to go into Saints, Packers, just talk a little bit about our team. So um, to start it off, we have the whole question of number zero in the NFL on jerseys, you know, so um, it just got voted on at the voters or at the owners conference. Um, so players are now going to be allowed to wear number zero. And a couple guys that already chose to do it were Calvin Ridley, um, Paris Campbell, and now Micah Parsons is also considering putting on number zero. So um, I think it's really interesting. So we'll see if people do switch. More teams have a guy that have number zero on him. John doesn't like it at all. John, what are your thoughts? I don't. I think it's stupid. Like number zero, really? I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's nothing good about the number zero. Like, I don't know. It's it's, like, it's, a, it's, just, it's an aesthetic, you know? They're just trying to like look cool. It's not. It's not that cool. It's, it's, a big, it's like it's, it's a big like o any other on your number, chest. but it's different, right? In football, I mean, it's like big. It's right there on your stomach. In basketball, when they wear it, you know, it's like little. You know, it's like because you got the team name, and then like little, you know, on the side. So I don't know, but it's stupid to me. Don't. I mean, this is the limit, though. Don't go to double zero because then we're pushing. We're pushing it. Double zero could look better than normal zero, though, on an NFL like, jersey. Who could you see that on? I don't know. Maybe imagine. No, I don't think. I don't even think it's available. But a lineman wearing double zero. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't even think it's available. Um, one guy on the Saints that I could see wearing number zero to to quote Ross Jackson, who is a Saints podcaster that I listen to. Um, he says Blake Gillikin, who's our punter, who we just re-signed, and he just gave up his number to Derek Carr. Wearing number zero. And I could see it because he's a punter, you know, like punters. What does that mean? What are they, What do you mean? What does it mean? He's just, he's just a guy. He's just he's a, punter a punter on the team wearing number zero. Yeah. He would look sick. Yeah. Swagged out punter. What's wrong yeah. with that? No, I'm just saying. 
Don't downplay it. It's an important position. We love punters. No, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's an important position. But I'm saying, like, it would be, be cool for a punter to wear number zero versus, mm-hmm. like, a skill guy or something like that. Yeah. I think it's open to, what, skill guys, QB, linebacker, running back, kicker, and, punter. Yeah, kicker, punter. You know, just not linemen. Yeah, yeah, linemen probably – I guess linebackers if Micah Parsons is thinking – or yeah, linebackers, linebackers. D-line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be interesting is this match of Aaron War number zero in for the Jets. That'd be crazy. Yeah, what number do you think you'll wear over there? He's Just twelve. He's not gonna wear twelve because he respects history too much. He won't do that. But who knows? But going back to what you said, for, you know, if you had the picture of someone on the Saints wearing number zero, said you punter. I'd probably say Darnell Savage because he stinks. So I think the coaching staff would give Just him put zero. the worst player. Yeah, put the worst stinks. player in it. Stinks. Really inconsistent, but yeah. All right. Next topic. I mean, yeah, z- zero is stupid. Yeah, so the next topic we had for you guys today was uh, Marvin Jones going to the Lions. Uh, reunited with his old team. You know, it's not like a big deal in the NFL world at all, but it's $3 million deal, uh, up to $5 mil with like incentives and everything. And I think it just bolsters the Lions um, receiver core a little bit more. Uh, Jameson Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know. Jared Goff has those two guys, but other than that, there wasn't a lot of weapons for him. So I think I guess bringing him in gives him a little bit more security, but I could see him trying to get a little bit more in the draft later round, something like that. Yeah, because you know they lost T.J. Hawkinson in the trade with Minnesota. Um, you lose D.J. Chark to the Panthers, so you know I mean, and you know like we say in every video, you know, in this league you need multiple weapons. You know, um, that's something the Packers don't know, but you do, and you know that's they're going to be their receiver three beyond Williams and St. Brown and. It's a good move after, you know, like I said, you know, uh, losing DJ Chark. Um, more NFL news signing. Um, another signing, Calais Campbell to the Falcons. Contract details haven't came out yet. Don't really understand it. Like He's he's older, you know. I, I think it's he's like old. a kind of – You would think eh, he's going to a team to go win a su- Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, they're okay. trying to, like, make their team something around Desmond Ritter, and I don't think it's going to pay off. Well, no. Like Des- Desmond Ritter is just a – his first year, he didn't really do much. They're trying to give him weapons and stuff around him. Like, they're looking at D-Hop, potentially. Um, stuff like that. But, like, I really just don't see it working out. Like, the Panthers are going to be better than them in the division, and the Saints are going to be better than, than them in the division. Like, they have yeah. a good defense now, but their offense isn't going to be able to keep up with other teams, so. Yeah, just interesting. Like, Atlanta. Just, it's out there, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. Um, another big question that we put on our Instagram um, story we put questions out you know every morning just to keep you guys on your toes thinking um another one is Jalen Carter does he fall out of the top 10 it's interesting I mean with all the off the field drama and everything does he fall out of the top 10 I mean he's a top 10 talent he's probably the best player in the draft um miss off the field issues though yeah and I just saw something before we hopped on saying that the Raiders have crossed him out at number seven. They took him off their draft board. They're not interested anymore. So, I mean, like we said, we listed a couple teams in the top ten, like Seattle at five. We don't think he goes three to Arizona. Yeah, it's Will but Anderson. Seattle Will at Anderson. five. Yeah, Seattle at five is interesting. Um, Chicago, right? Um, Philly at ten, maybe, probably not. What are the other teams? Um, not Raiders anymore. Houston, Houston, maybe. At They're 12. out of the top 10. 
but yeah. Yeah, but he's. I don't think he's gonna. If he doesn't go to the Raiders or the Seahawks, he's not going top ten. Like it's, it's not happening. And it could bump back Seahawks, all the other Seahawks, D linemen too. Seahawks and Bears. You meant yeah. Those are those are the three teams. Like, or those are two teams that are like, other than the Raiders, if they don't go there, if he doesn't go there, then he's not going top ten. And it could bounce back all of those other D linemen we talked about. So I'm interested to see. The draft is always like random stuff happens on draft night. Yeah. So, so guys we'll fall. See. Like it's completely maybe, random. We'll see. Maybe a team, you know, in the mid teens trades up into the top ten and they go take him if he's falling yeah. a little bit with Chicago. You know, I heard Chicago, that number nine pick might be on the move again. So, you know, it's interesting. All right, now moving into our next segment. So we haven't really talked too much about the Saints Packers over the last couple episodes. We haven't really had a lot of news to talk about. There really hasn't been much. There still isn't too much, but, you know, we got like a little bit of stuff to talk about with you guys. Like the Saints just signed Brian Edwards um, as, a, as a depth receiver, as a depth piece for us. I think he'll be behind Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid, and I think he'll be like a solid four. And I still think the Saints might even go after a late receiver in the draft. Like there's so many receiver weapons in this draft that they could go anywhere from round one to round seven and get like a solid guy for the team. And we still have Traquan Smith as well. So I'm just really interested to see what they do in the depth depth wise for receiver. Um, and then also regarding Michael Thomas, who I just mentioned, uh, Dennis Allen said he's still not 100%, which people are making out to be like a big deal. Like Michael Thomas still isn't 100%. His injury history is going to dwindle into this season, which we got five months. It is like, a big the, deal. No, we got five months. He hasn't played in two years. Yeah, I understand, like, the past two seasons. And he's still not okay. I'm talking right now, he still is going to be healthy for the season. Like, he might not be healthy, like, day one for training camp, but he's going to be healthy before the season. So I don't really see it as too much of a worry. And a lot of people are freaking out about it, but I think he's still going to be Mike. He might get – I'm not going to say he's going to be 100 – like, he's not going to get hurt during the season. Who knows with this guy, you know? But I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be amazing and – I think he'll be healthy before the season starts. Done talking about those Saints? Yeah. Yeah, that was about it. Well, Big you know, like, like we said, I mean, like, there hasn't been a lot of news. You know, we talked to you two days ago. There hasn't been a lot of NFL news in general. So we're just going to touch on the Saints-Packers quick. Packers, nothing has happened. Um, you know, we're just in this waiting game with Rodgers, who I'm done talking about. Um, some clips of Jordan Love and Aaron Jones. Came out, threw on the ball, pretty pumped up as a Packer fan. You know what? Because, like, Aaron never did that in the offseason. What, work right? with his teammates? No, never. Yeah, you know, he waited until. kind of guy he is, you know? Yeah, and he won MVPs. But um, he. Self-focused. You know, he just did OTAs and, you know, training camp, and that's how he built this chemistry with you know, his receivers. But now Jordan loves the guy, and he's having Aaron Jones. Um, I know he's going to have A.J. Dillon, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dubs fly out to California to come work with him. So, you know, it's just – it's exciting as a Packer fan. And that's another thing. It's a, it's okay to be exciting about Jordan Love. Like, that's fine. That's okay. That's normal. He's a fir- He was a first-round pick. Um, he's been sitting for three years learning the scheme, learning the system. Aaron, the GOAT, you know, someone who – you know, Aaron wasn't a jerk to him. Aaron, Aaron was helping him develop, so – you know, and you saw some flashes in preseason, of course, last yeah. season against the Eagles. So it's cool to be exciting, excited about him. I mean, I am. And, you know, with them throwing already, it's pumped. It's good. You know, that's what you want to say. I think and it's, then it's boost, boost for team chemistry, you know? Like, yeah. 
losing Aaron, who is kind of like sucking all the energy out of the team by making it all focus on him with Jordan Love, who is already trying to focus on other guys, you know, build that chemistry with the team. I think it's important. Yeah, definitely. And I think the one thing that has surprised me with the offseason so far is just getting that veteran receiver, right? Because you look at, like, if you, if you look at the roster right now, it's Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Young Samari, Tori. Like, all the guys we drafted last year at receiver. That's it. Because Lazard, you know, he went to the Jets. Cobb is a free agent. He's going to probably go to the Jets with Aaron. Um, I don't, you know, or he's going to retire. Um, Sammy Watkins we had, but we cut him like mid last year. So, you know, we don't have anyone on the, on the, on the roster who's the veteran pass catcher. So that's kind of scary. I mean, if we really, if we don't sign one before the draft, I mean, we got to take one in the first, first two rounds. One guy, one guy I have seen, there's been talks about is Jarvis Landry from the Saints. I don't know what you would think about him. He's injured last year, but he is a veteran guy, kind of like, that slot type receiver like Randall Cobb kind of could fit in the Packers mold like as a veteran just to kind of lead up the young guys. What do you think about him? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to bring him to Lambeau. You know, he's a high character guy. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, it's just like he's kind of in the back of end of his career, right? And it's yeah, like for sure. what's the attractive, you know, what's the attractiveness in coming to Green Bay? You know, it's going to make sense with both sides, unless Green Bay's just going to overpay a little. But they have to go get someone. They got to go get someone, find a way, even if it's a veteran tight end. You know, yeah, don't rule that out, too, because tight end, too, we have no one. You know, so tight end receiver, we got to bring in a veteran, dude. We have to. Even if we get one in the first round, we still have to bring in that vet. So I'm still waiting for that. But like I said, I know it's tough when you're playing this waiting game with Rodgers, when you don't know what money is going to be, you know, available. So. Yeah. All right, hopping into our last segment of the day. We got our top eight running backs in the 2023 NFL Draft ranked. So let's get right into it. Number eight, we got Dwayne McBride from the University of Alabama, Birmingham. He's 5'10", 209 pounds. This guy had crazy production um, in college. I'm talking... 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns in 2021, and this past season, 1,700 yards with 19 touchdowns. Um, the thing is, though, 11 fumbles in two years. So the, the, production, the yeah. production, good and bad, right? I mean, but, I mean, the good. This guy ran for um, 120 yards or more in 10 out of the 11 games. He's a power back. Even though his size doesn't really show that, that's his style of running. He's not gonna, he's not, doesn't have the agility um, to really move. You know, like a speed back, and he's he can't catch either. But he's a power back. Um, he can really run behind any blocking scheme. He's got good vision, and he's able to make some cuts, but it's not pretty. Um, like I said, he's a power back. He's slow. Um, he's got a bad burst between the tackles. He's not a threat in the passing game at all. Um, I think his college career, I think he had like six total receptions. Like, you not, know. Not a pass catch. So even it, and even if he is, because that just wasn't their offense, you know, he doesn't have any like catching game experience the past three years, right? So that kind of hurts, especially when you're playing in the NFL today 
where running backs are asked to do a lot more than just run, right? Yeah. You got to be able to, you know, make plays out of the backfield too, catching the ball. Like A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's a big power back, but he really developed his hands, and he's a good threat out of the backfield too where he can catch balls. Um, Like I said, the fumbles are a lot, 11. And, and if you look at his stats and the numbers, his fumbles usually usually come in bunches. Like there's a couple games where he's got two fumbles. So, you know, that's a concern. And like I said, he's got bad size for a power back. Um, I think he's a backup at best, and he's a day three kind of guy. You know, I kind of see him going around five, six, something like that. But, yeah. And I just want to say that we had a lot of guys for this number eight spot. Yeah, there's a lot of running backs available this draft. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of guys we could have put in this eight spot, but we, but I put McBride because I don't think a lot of people have heard of him. And he's got the production, and he's right there with the other guys, so we put him in. And number seven, we got Sean Tucker from Syracuse. He's 5'9", 207 pounds. Again, another guy, awesome production in college. In 2021, he ran for 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, followed by um, 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns in 2022. So, you know, the production went down a little bit, but the carries went down too. So, you know, that says why. Thing is about him, he did not participate in at the combine or his pro day because of a medical concern that we do not know why yet the public. So, you know, his oh, he inner he circle. Yeah. And I guess you know, NFL teams know, but we don't we don't know. The good this guy's fast. He's he's fast. He can run. So I was really interesting to see interested to see what his forty time would be, but he didn't run it. Um he he, he runs low. Um, he runs, you know, low to the ground. Um, he's a tough finisher too. Even with that, with that build at five nine, two hundred pounds, you know, a little smaller, like he still, he could still finish runs. Um, you know, like I said, slight build for a running back. He's hesitant at the line of scrimmage a lot of times, and I just he's fast, but you know, he's playing at Sy- Syracuse. Well, not even that, but I don't know. He's like interesting to watch on tape. I wonder how his like speed's going to translate to the NFL. He's not one of these top guys who I know their speed's going to transfer to the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does. Um, he's a bad pass protector, and you know that medical concern is just—it's looming. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Big, you know what I mean? It's a big deal, and he's going to drop. Him. Yeah, he's going to drop in the draft. So. Um, I think he's going to be a backup running back, and I see him go in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, so next we got uh, Zach Evans. Uh, he's 21 years old out of Ole Miss. He's 5'11", 202 pounds. Um, this guy on on film, you know, he looks amazing when he's running the ball. Like, he, he's quick. He has, like, he's good grace when he's running the ball. Like, he just looks like he's kind of floating out there. So um, he has a four four five forty, and he has good balance. And that's what you want in, like, a modern day rusher is quick and he can bounce off tackles, you know, but I think the key for Zach Evans is it's a lot of potential there versus being kind of a guy that's been proven because he's been hurt a little bit in college. So he, he didn't play an insane amount. Like his stats, he had a less than a thousand yards rushing last year and he does have a little bit of a fumbling problem. He had like three or four fumbles this past season. So, you know, I think a lot of it for him is he can prove himself, but it's more of the potential for draft for the teams drafting him. So, 
He's not afraid of contact. Like I said, he can bounce off of hitters. He ducks his he ducks his shoulder into guys if he's running through holes, everything like that. So really like some of the weaknesses that can hinder him, I see like hindering him in the in his time in the league would be poor pass catching. Um, he's a poor pass blocker as well. He's just like a pure running, same as uh, McBride. He's just a pure rusher. You know, like if they can improve his passing game, like third down, if he can go on the field on third down and be a um, a weapon as a pass catcher that defenses have to uh, have to account for. You know, I, I think he can really be a great pick. But without that third down potential, he's kind of a first, second down backup right now in the league. And I think he'd be a third or fourth round pick. Um, he just has to improve that pass protect production as well as a little bit more decision making when he's running the ball. Just make quicker decisions, and he'll be he'll be all right. Yeah, and that pass protecting. Like that's been a it's theme, big in the league, right? That's been a, been a theme the past three guys we're talking about. Yeah, and it's going to continue. And a lot of that too is the size, the size of this running back class. These guys are kind of smaller guys, to be honest. And that doesn't change with the next next guy, at number five, Devin Akane from Texas A and M. He's five eight, one eighty eight. Five He's athletic eight. though, right? He's yeah, five eight, one hundred eighty eight pounds. Ran the fastest 40 at the Combine, the 4-3-2. Very good production in college, over 900 yards, and at least 10 rushing, 10 total touchdowns in, in both years as the lead back for Texas A&M. He's a tough runner. He's a tough runner for someone who's 5'8", 188 pounds. Um, plays bigger than his size. He's good between the tackles. Um, he lets his blocks develop before turning on that 4-3 speed. He's very patient. Um, he doesn't lose his speed and momentum when cutting. Um, he's a really good route runner. You could even line him up in the slot and he can go make plays. Um, and he, so I don't know how he's going to be year one as a running back. You know, I don't, what role he's going to be in and all that. I, what I do know is he's going to be an awesome kick returner for yeah, any NFL team quickness. that gets him. Yeah. He returned a bunch of kicks back in college, and I don't think that's going to change in the NFL. He's going to be really good. The bad. He's small, like I said. Um, his running ability could cause injuries at the next level, right? And sometimes he's too patient or he's, you know, hesitant, can't make up his mind, uh, TFL. And, of course, pass protecting, that size is just going to hurt him. Um, I think he could become a starter in the NFL one day. But he definitely has to – but it's definitely not going to come overnight, and I don't think it's realistic in year one. Um, but that's his potential. I think he could be an average good running back in the league. But like I said, he's going to be an awesome kick returner, and I think that could start his rookie year. I think he's going to go in round two, round three. I think that's realistic for him. And he's, he's a good player. He's going to, you know, bump up that weight, but – He's going to be good. Yeah, so next guy, like, I honestly, it was kind of a coin flip between the two of who I put above who. Um, our fourth guy is Zach, Zach Charbonnet um, out of UCLA. He's 22 years old, six foot, six foot uh, 214, and he's a power back. You know, it's, it's what he is. He's a pure downhill. Like, he, he can make some cuts, but he's a power back. He trucks guys. He's confident when he's running. He lowers his shoulder and he and he pushes forward when he's tackled, um, and that's what teams look for: is a guy who would 
isn't afraid to get hit and so like second and third down in a few yards you put him in he's gonna get that for you so i think that's something a lot of teams look for he's also one of the like one of the few backs that bench pressed so he bench pressed 18 reps at the combine and ran a four five three so as a power back you know four five is still that's good that's fast so when he gets through the hole or if he trucks a guy and then has room in front of him he can accelerate and he gains momentum as he runs and that's one of the things that as a power back, you need to be able to run away from defenders and not just truck them. So if a team can put him as a two back, as the number two back to start, I could see him developing into the one if he gets a little bit more coaching. Um, and another thing that's great with him is he's decent at pass catching. Like you said, AJ Dillon, power back, but he's willing to go to the flat, go where he needs on a route and catch the ball and get a few yards for him. So I, th- I think Zach Charbonnet is going to be really good and, Another reason I believe that is because so John and I have a uh, Madden franchise. John drafts this guy, Zach Charmanette. Neither of us know who he is. John picks him up and two games we play, two games we play. This guy jumps over my six foot tall corner with ease. He trucks every single person on every single play. So Zach Charbonnet, if you're anything like your Madden player, good luck. You're going to dominate the NFL. So you're going to be awesome. We'll see, but I mean, weaknesses-wise, his footwork for quick cuts isn't the best. He sometimes gets a little bit stuck in his footwork and everything like that, and then a little bit quicker decisions could benefit him for sure. And then just better acceleration in between the tackles, just getting right uphill right away. Um, once he's able to do that and accommodate with his size as well, he'll be a danger to the league, and I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think he's a really attractive running back for a lot of teams because in this league you need, you know, you need it's it's not a just a single running back. It's a running back committee. Yeah, one and two punch. A lot of teams. I mean, a lot of teams don't really have a power back. I feel like it's kind of like a dying breed, right? Mm-hmm. It's more of these kind of smaller, speedy guys who can catch the ball better, who who can take it a distance, and not really grind it out and get three, four yards. You know, I mean, they're all there. There's a couple, but not as many as there used to be. Yeah. So I think he's a really attractive team to you know attractive player for a team to you know get him and pair him up with you know like their speedy back you know it's like and like you said I mean he's kind of like the only power back in this class not the only one but he's definitely on a tier of his own yeah he's in the top tier of draft prospects I see him as a second round a second round probably late second round early uh third round pick I Um, think I think, gonna gonna be, I think he's going to be the third running back taken. Yeah, I think this guy or the next guy I talk about will be the third guy. To, and I, I'm interested to see where he lands if a team that, like you said, doesn't have a power back thinks, hey, let's get this guy before he falls a little bit further in the draft and someone takes him. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I think second round, late, early third round uh, mm-hmm. is definitely where he's going to fall. It just kind of depends on where running backs start getting taken, you know, because there could yeah. be a run, like we said, with uh, Jalen Carter and D-line. It's up to the runs. In the draft, so we'll see. At uh, number number four, we got um, Ty J Spears, or number three, sorry, Ty J Spears from Tulane. This guy is going to be the steal of the draft. Steal of the draft at running back. Um, he's five foot ten, two hundred one. He ran a four four seven forty, and I think he's the third most impactful running back in the draft. I don't know if you could say you could say. Zach Charbonnet, like John said, would be the third running back taken. He could be the third best. He could be the fourth best. These two guys are kind of a coin flip in my opinion. But Ty J Spears, when he's running, 
looks reminds me of Darren Sproles when he's running almost or like a I'm trying to think of smaller guys but he's so graceful when he's cutting he waits for plays to happen he follows his blocks you know he had 21 total touchdowns the last season so it was I think it was 18 touchdowns running uh three receiving and he makes the first guy miss almost every time he runs the ball so that's something out of the backfield if you can make the first guy miss there's that much more potential on your runs every single time. So I, I, that's something I'm really looking forward to in the league. And he's also a great change of change of pace guy. You know, like he can make a cut and then accelerate super fast right off at, right off of the cut. So I think it was against USC or U, um, University of Central Florida, UCF. So he had run rush where he hurdled a guy, juked out like two guys and ran it for 60 yards. He has that potential in every single play. And that's something in the NFL – uh, every team's looking for. So I'm interested to see where he goes. Um, some of his weaknesses are his size, just in general, like size, like obviously he's not going to be the greatest power rusher at 5'11", 201. Like he's not going to truck a bunch of dudes. So in close game, close rushes situations, um, that's where you need a guy like Zach Charbonnet. So that could be something a team looks for in Zach Charbonnet versus Tiger Spears. So um, Tiger Spears also needs to improve his pass production a little bit. Like, blocking and pass pass game like we've discussed with two, a few other guys and just catching out of the backfield he's a he's able to make the first guy miss after the catch but he has to work on his hands he has good route running um so like i said it's really just that production that we need to look for if he can make that consistent in the league he's going to be a danger um i see him as maybe a late round two i see him honestly going to the a late round two um i think a team that might pick him is the saints um, he's a Tulane guy, New Orleans native. He wants to play for the Saints. Like in the Saints pro, or in the Tulane Pro Day, he talked to a few of the Saints reporters and he was talking about how the Saints would be a dream for him. You know, like the only thing that really I could see preventing that is us getting Jamal Williams like we just did. But Alvin Kamara might be out for six games. And over that time, Jamal Williams would be RB1 and we need an RB2. We got, you know, Benjamin. I'm interested to see how that plays out. But I really think the Saints are interested in Ty J. Spears if he's available at round three. So we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. I was going to say, like, why would you think that with, you know, Alvin and Jamal? But, you know, running backs, too, they get, I mean, bang, bang. They get injured a lot, too. So, you know, and especially with Alvin's situation. Yeah, the suspension. Everything's put up in the air for the Saints right now. So Yeah, but I don't, you know, like like you said, I don't see them reaching in round two for him. It's definitely, if yeah, they fall to him round three. three. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, number two, we got Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. It's 5'9", 199 pounds. Second fastest 40 at the combine at a 4'3'6". This guy's basically Alvin Kamara 2.0. Um, like the same build. He looks do, like he do wears the arm things. tape. Yes, the hair, the body. It's the exact. It's like the same player. Um, he's light quick. Um, he's light quick on his feet, makes really good cuts. Uh, tough to tackle in the open field because he can run by you. Um, um, his speed definitely shows up on, on his tape. Um, awesome route running, really good hands. He's just a mismatch, you know, mismatch weapon in the passing game, like Alvin Kamara. Um, I mean, if you watch the tape too, it's like the same player. I mean, yeah, it really is thing. on film. Yeah. Um, doesn't always make the right cuts in the inside running game, um, which translates to him not, you know, he doesn't really let the blocks develop in front of him. So the patience is a little eh at times. 
but he'll learn that. That just comes yeah. with the experience too. Um, you know, he's not a power back. He doesn't. And like when I was watching the tape, like he doesn't really fight for those extra yards. Like you know what I mean. And he's a little undersized, and maybe that's why. But whatever. I don't know. It kind of pisses me off. Like yeah, I just like a running back that. that kind of like. I don't know how to describe it. You just watch the tape and he's running down the sideline. Instead of like, maybe like. And he goes out of bounds early. Maybe putting his shoulder down, getting an extra three yards. He just chooses to like walk out of bounds. But, uh, you know, that's just like, who would I want to play for me? Right? Like I know AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. They're going to duck their shoulder. Yeah, give you a little stiff, stiff arm out of bounds, you know, and go get two or three more yards. That's just little stuff. I don't want to nitpick, but I don't know. And, you know, like I said, not he's with his size and his physicality, right? Like I just said, he's not the best with the blitz pickup. Um, I think he could be a really good player, like an above average starter in the league, like Alvin yeah. Kamara. I think maybe he could be a pro bowler one day, right? Um, I could see him maybe, 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 maybe going late round one. Right, yeah. round, you know, running backs around one is always tricky. Right, it's a, it's an iffy pick for a team it versus is. like other guys that are best player available. Because yeah, running backs are so expendable, you know, they're not. I mean, if you have a decent running back, and you know, he does makes the right cuts, offense line does the right job, he can. And he just has to hit the hole. He can have mm-hmm. one thousand yards and whatever. Right, I mean, look at like Dante Foreman for the Panthers last year. I mean, just good enough. You know, running backs yeah, are just expendable, you know? So, but he's definitely like a – is he a first-round talent? Yeah, probably. I mean, comparing him to Alvin Kamara, right? But he's yeah. a stud. If he doesn't go late round one, he's going to go early round two. Um, A team I would like if he went early – I mean, late round one, maybe the Chiefs. Be interesting. I don't know. That'd be dangerous with Mahomes and I know, and I know they got the, him, like, as a the. I know they get the kid. I know they got the kid from Rutgers, but like I said, you know, you gotta have multiple running backs in this league, and the Chiefs have always been a team looking for like running backs. So yeah, Pacheco and him they're, to they're similar too. So like if you had two of them, where if one of them is off the field, like if mm-hmm. he needs a rest, you got the second guy same same type of build. Yeah. So or I like can, a t- I can see that. Yeah, or like a team like Buffalo, right? They need a back. Maybe they get Zeke. Even if they do, maybe they still get him, right? See what the, well, Maybe they want to see what they have in James Cook. So going to be interesting. But, yeah, I got him going late round one or early round two. Yeah, so the final guy, I think everyone knows who it's going to be, is B. John Robinson. Um, he's a star running back of the draft. He's basically the most intriguing running back for sure since Saquon coming into the draft. This guy is 21 years old, 5'11", 215 out of Texas. He's like prime running back size. Um, and he ran a 4'4", 640, had 20 total touchdowns and 1,900 total yards. He did everything, pass catching, running. He's quick in between the tackles. He's strong in between the tackles. And he fights for extra yards every single run. So as a guy who can make people miss, you know, make quick cuts, he, he really has he really has everything that like, a running back needs in the NFL. So everyone is looking at this guy as the number one running back taken. And the question is, are teams willing to re- reach for him in the draft or are teams going to let him fall? Cause it's, 
there's a lot of teams that will pick him if he falls, but it's just determines on, like you said, round one running back pick is risky. So does the team want to do that or do they want to draft like a defensive player for themselves or a different offensive weapon? So we'll see. Um, some of his weaknesses are just, he's a little slow on decision-making, but other than that, like he has it all. Like his great footwork allows for him to like make quick jump cuts, spin moves, jukes out defenders like when he needs to. He really does it all. So I'm interested to see where he goes. Some of the landing spots, I have a few landing spots for him because, again, like I said, he can go early round one. He can go mid round one, late round one. He can go top of the second if no one wants to reach on a on a first. In a first. I don't see him going in the second, but I'm no, saying no, no. he's going it, in the first round. He is. Just, I, he should. But I don't know where I'm he's going to fall. Like, yeah. Yeah. So the highest pick I have taking him would be Philly at 10. 10. Yeah. You know, they they've wanted a run game. And with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback, having him and Bijan Robinson as like a running combos, it's deadly. And they have the O-line to do it. Um, they just lost Miles Sanders. They they retained Boston Scott, but Boston Scott's a smaller guy. You know, he's not really going to be that like up the middle type guy that um, Bijan Robinson could be for them. And the second highest, I have the Chargers. If they lose Austin Eckler, you know, I could see that happening. Like, that's he's cool. a similar guy to Eckler. He could do the same types of things. Um, I think he's just a little bit taller, a little bit bigger. Um, but I, that's an intriguing spot for him to go. Um, and then the spot where I think he would be probably the best fit for him is the Cowboys at 26. Um, he's a Texas guy already, staying in the state. Um, and the Cowboys love their running backs that can power through that O-line that they got behind him or in front of him. So... They got t- Tony Pollard back. They franchise tagged him, right? But the thing with Tony Pollard is he's coming off of a fractured leg. Um, so he's injured. Yeah, um, so you don't know for sure if he's going to come back like yeah. same as he was. And that's still – it's a franchise tag, right? That's a one-year deal. So yeah. you, you so don't he can know leave if, you're next get, year. if you're going to have him back next year. Yeah, and like we said, like running backs are dime a dozen. But getting a star running back that you could have for a few years under the rookie contract, like that's a great deal for the Cowboys. So that's something they definitely would want, want on the team especially with running back being like their only kind of um, not iffy, but they need to run another running back. They need another tight end possibly too. But um, the next guy I could see him going to would be the bills bills at 27. Um, I said it earlier when we were talking about Zeke, where he was going to land Johnson, the bills. And I said, hold up. I see uh Pijan Robinson landing there. If he falls to the bills, the bills are taking him 100%. If they don't get Zeke, it makes too much sense not for them not to, you know, like they have, receivers they have everything else but a star running back next to josh allen with Bijan's like caliber of talent that's deadly so yeah another team another team that i just want to mention because i kind of forgot about them like a lot of people do is the chicago bears they're running back dd team got not montgomery say- well, you know. they, or not montgomery who'd they sign they just signed someone they lost montgomery they signed a running back in free agency i thought no, so, I don't think so. Yeah, then I guess they could get Bijan right? Robinson. And you look at them, right? And but even if they did, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's no, there's no bad. You know, you what can take two running got? backs. You know, they so got they got number nine. nine, right? And that's an interesting pick because you said, hey, the highest I could see him going is ten. So we'll bet one spot yeah. in front to Chicago at nine. I don't think that's going to happen because I think they're going to get a tackle, maybe Jalen Carter. If they do want to trade back, let's say they trade back to, I don't know, 
right? 14, 16, mid-teens, something like that. That's prime. And, prime and John he falls a little bit. I could see Chicago taking him and just getting another weapon um, for fields. Yeah, that would for be sure. a, That would be a scary running attack. Dual running back attack in the backfield. You said that, that may. At all the Bears fans. Yeah. No, nah, I, th- I think Justin Fields will be all right, but he's not an insane passing threat. Like he's Most of his plays from last year that everyone was like, oh, holy crap, Justin Fields is a dog. Where's rushing? Where's running plays? Like, that's what drew attention to him last year, not his passing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That's a discussion for another time. All right. Thanks for tuning in again. Um, we appreciate it. And, you know, if you didn't figure it out by now, so every episode we're going to break it down, a position group for the upcoming draft. We're going to go offense, defense, alternating, keep it interesting, um, focus on both sides of the ball. So thanks for watching. Just make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Pod. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. If you watch it on YouTube, um, please make sure to like and subscribe and comment. Agree, disagree. We want to hear it. And uh, appreciate it. Have a good week. See you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Jenks and the Hammer podcast. Remember to leave a review and follow all of our social media pages at Jenks Hammer Pod for more content. Until next time, who that? And go, Pat, go. Sports Social Podcast Network.